today on the first episode of the Youth Ministry Cafe podcast, we introduce kind of what this podcast is, what it's about, and we give 10 youth ministry myths. This is the Youth Ministry Cafe podcast. My name is Derek. I'm so thankful you chose to join me today for the first inaugural pilot, whatever you want to call it, episode of the Youth Ministry Cafe podcast. Um, I know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and uh, there's a lot to weed through, and so I uh, don't take it for granted that you chose to check this one out. I'm so excited for this. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and uh, just so glad it's finally happening. And uh, I chose the name Youth Ministry Cafe because um, some of the best conversations I've had with other youth workers and the sharing ideas, encouraging each other, and uh, just growing together has happened often in coffee shops and uh, cafes. I love coffee. I love having good discussions around a good cup of coffee. What I love more is how we share each other's creativity with each other. We are more creative when we are learning from other people's creative ideas. Some of my best ideas I have taken from other people and adapted to my context. And some of your best ideas are probably ideas that you took from somebody else and made it better. That's what I want this to be. Um, this podcast and Youth Ministry Cafe as a whole is me simply contributing to the youth ministry conversation. And I don't consider myself an expert, um, but who really does, right? I think the people who consider themselves experts in ministry often probably know the least, right? But I do uh, see myself as a student of youth ministry. I'm a lifelong learner who's constantly trying to learn more and grow and take from other ideas. And also, this is me sharing those ideas, those experiences. Um, I've been involved in youth ministry since 2002. And at the time that I'm recording this, if my experience was a person, um, it would be old enough to vote. I know that that's a weird way to think about it. My brain probably works in weird ways, but I've been at this a while. And so I've tried a bunch of things and I've failed a bunch of times. And uh, some things stuck, some things different didn't, but you know what? That's okay. That's part of creating and that's part of ministry. I've been fortunate that I've been at multiple churches that have given room for creativity, for me to try things, and that we're okay with things not working. And I know not every uh, youth worker has that opportunity or that blessing. And so I want to share from my experiences. I want to share uh, from other people's ideas that I've taken and adapted and uh, just contribute to this great conversation that is um, youth ministry. Well, let me just introduce you to some of the elements of this podcast. First of all, I know that typically when people are listening to podcasts, um, you're usually doing something else. I think that's probably why podcasts become so popular because you can listen to it while you're active, whether you're driving, working out, doing something else. And typically you don't have uh, an opportunity to take notes while you're listening. Right. And so I wanted to make those available for you. And so for every episode, there's going to be cafe notes. Um, with some of the main points and things shared from each episode as a PDF document. You can download those either in the um, description of the podcast or you can go to youthministrycafe.com and find those there as well. Another element is what we're calling Picasso moments. You know, the painter, the artist Picasso, he's credited with saying, amateurs copy, artists steal. 
which is the idea basically don't copy, don't just duplicate, steal it, which means make it yours, adapt it. That's what artists do. And I want you, any of the ideas, any of the concepts, I want you to be an artist. I want you to steal. Also, my plan for this podcast is for it to be roughly 20 minutes, uh, give or take a little bit. Don't want to, I don't, I didn't want it to be too long because I didn't want you to feel the pressure of having to commit to a longer podcast for this, just kind of quickly getting into the information, the stories and different things. Also, if you have questions you'd like me to discuss or ideas for the show, feel free to email me. Um, it's at Derek at youthministrycafe.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at youthministrycafe.com. Love to interact with you that way. Well, let's talk about youth ministry myths. You know, there are a lot of youth ministry myths out there. I'm sure you've heard a bunch of them. You may have a list yourself, but I'm going to share with you uh, 10 myths that I will often share with adult leaders when they're first starting in our youth ministry. And uh, so let's start with number one. This is the first youth ministry myth is I have to be young and cool. You know, this is a big myth out there where, you know, oh, when you're younger, that's when you do youth ministry. But you probably have seen if it's all just one age group working with students, you're really missing uh, different dynamics. And also about the whole cool factor, um, well, allow me to break a hard truth to you. To a teenager, you are probably not that cool. If you are cool, just remember that your coolness will fade. And the window of cool is short-lived. But, you know, that that's okay. Students are not drawn to what is cool. They are drawn to people who care about them and are real about who they are. So don't waste your time on the pursuit of cool. And you are not and also remember you are not a teenager. So you are not their age. So don't try to act like you are. But also at the same time, don't criticize the teen's culture. Don't be so removed from it that you just criticize it. Take their culture as seriously as they do. But remember, cool, I think cool is overrated. Um, it was very freeing when I reached the age where I realized I wasn't cool anymore. It was so freeing because then I stopped trying to be and realized that that's not what students are looking for anyways. Like I said, they want someone who cares about them and someone who knows who they are and are real about it. And it's okay. We're not meant to all be the same. You're not meant to be a teenager. Don't try to act like it. Don't apologize for it. And don't worry about being cool. Think about the people who have been some of the biggest influences in your life. Was it the cool factor that made them that influence? I doubt it. Number two, youth ministry myth number two, you have to be an extrovert. Be you. Whether you are an introvert or extrovert, loud or outgoing, quiet and reserved, whatever, be who God created you to be. You know, different students feel comfortable around different personalities, and they are drawn to different types of adults. So don't waste your time, again, like I said earlier, don't waste your time trying to be somebody else. If you're an introvert, be an introvert. If you're an extrovert, be an extrovert. Now, there are times in ministry that we're called out of our comfort zone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about even when you're out of your comfort zone, be who God created you to be. 
part of this journey is learning more and more who God created us to be so we can better minister to students. And so if you're not an extrovert, don't worry about being an extrovert. So this myth is just, you know what, there might be a stereotype your church has for what a youth minister is, what a youth volunteer is. Don't buy into that lie. I've been in this long enough to have seen so many diverse youth ministers, youth workers, and it is awesome to see because our God is a creative God and he created you uniquely you, so be you. Number three, the youth ministry myth is holy moments are only the times that we talk about God, the Bible, or the Spanish Inquisition. You know, I made the, this mistake a lot early on. When I was first, to spend my first summer as a youth pastor, I remember I felt very stressed about turning every conversation to what I considered a holy conversation, you know, about the Bible or make it a lesson or about God. And, and I realized that, especially at the beginning of hanging out with students, they just want to talk. They just want to talk about life. And, and a lot of the most, inco- what would seem like inconsequential conversations were actually the most powerful. And I, I miss those moments by trying to coerce it into a direction and force something that wasn't there. I'll tell you what, when an adult sponsor, an adult leader, minister, however you label yourself, a youth worker takes an interest in a student's life and they dialogue with them about it, that is a holy moment. So don't think you always have to twist the conversation. Now, if there's an opportunity and the Holy Spirit leads you to take it a certain direction, go for it. Absolutely. But don't feel that pressure that and that thing that, well, we didn't talk about God. We didn't talk about the Bible. I, you know, They didn't share their deep, darkest sins. So this was a waste of time. No, it wasn't. Showing them love, taking interest in their life, whether it's talking about their favorite video game or a movie or just whatever, whatever is going on, um, just you taking interest, that's, that's a holy moment. Number four, youth ministry myth. Students are experiencing the same things I did when I was a teenager. Remember, things change, and they change quickly. Teen culture, they say, changes almost completely every five years, and I think that window is probably getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Things change so fast. Even if things never changed, you don't know what the student is going through because they are not you. So they're experiencing things differently than you. I, I've seen some people early on when they start volunteering in youth ministry, they, they come in with this idea of, I know how I was as a teenager, so I know what you're going to be like as a teenager. And they really miss um, acknowledging what that student is going through, their unique story. So it, I think it is helpful to remember what it's like to be a teenager, because then you can be more sensitive to things. But don't take that to the unhealthy level of saying, well, they're experiencing things like I would. And then you get surprised when they're acting a certain way. And uh, they're different than you. This time period is different than you. They're dealing with different stresses, different uh, struggles than you did. Now, there are some universal truths that's part of adolescence, right? But the uniqueness of each one and the details is, is very significant. So be a listener, be a learner, and remember that they are not experiencing the exact same way you did or you would. Ministry myth number five. My goal is to draw students to me. You know, I've seen this, especially with stronger personalities the, uh, and charismatic personalities. Those are those are very useful and helpful in youth ministry, but they can sometimes be also in the unhealthy version. You see them after a while that they're kind of more drawing students to themselves instead of to God. And this could be a very big temptation. Here's how this can live out. 
you are, if, if you're like the youth, the main youth worker, the main youth leader, whether youth pastor, whatever, youth director, whatever your title is, and you have a team uh, of volunteers that work under you, um, if you start to become jealous or insecure when a student starts to open up and to connect more to one of your volunteers and not talking to you about it, that's an issue. Remember, you're, we're called to all work together to draw students to God, to kind of, you know, cast the invitation and, and the wide net and say, hey, God's, you're awesome. God loves you. Hey, uh, let me introduce you. And, and you know what? When we're trying to just draw students to ourselves, man, honestly, there's a very dark road that this could lead to, Right. Um, different types of abuse have happened. I mean, this is going way down this dark road, but in the initial state, just even this idea of if students aren't drawn to me, I'm not doing my job. No, we're called to introduce people to Jesus, plain and simple. And so we're not called to draw people. And even if you're not the leader, like, you know, like I said, like youth director, youth pastor, who has a volunteer staff underneath them, um, even if you're on a team or, you know, or say you are the only person you're working with youth and you feel alone in this, but then a, a, youth, a teenager um, is really connecting with another adult or the senior pastor or somebody else. And you're like, well, why aren't they talking to me? Don't worry. It's not about you. It's about drawing them to Jesus. Youth ministry myth number six, I must have all the answers. Ooh, this can get us in trouble, right? We feel like we have to have all the answers, so we oversimplify a complex issue by trying to give them these tidbits of truth. Now, there is truth that we can declare and teach, but let me tell you, our goal is not to spoon-feed students all the right answers. That's a very immature version of it. They will never grow beyond a, a, a certain level if we do this. Remember, this is a relationship. That, that it's not just about knowledge. It's 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 a relationship, and we're, it's also a relationship to the God of the universe. There's a, gr- a lot of mystery to that, and that that's a beautiful thing. So our goal is not to spoon feed, feed students all the right answers, but we should be trying to help them ask the right questions as they're on this journey of making their faith their own. So I don't worry about the right answers. Not that there aren't truths out there that we show them and teach them. That's not what I mean. But I focus on, is a student asking good questions? Because that's more, that's less uh, passive and just receiving information. That's more active, right? When you're questioning, you're asking good questions, you're on this journey, it's more active. You're starting to, you can see this being a stage of them really making their faith their own. Youth ministry myth number seven. This sounds very similar to the last one, number six. But number seven is, I must be a Bible scholar. Now, hear this. We are called to continually strive for more theological knowledge, to pursue God's Word and the truth in it, and uh, to be students of the Word. And theology is so important to learn, but it's important to know that we will never know everything. Now, the pursuit in our entire lives is so important, but the more you learn, the more you realize there's a lot we still don't know. And we will never know everything. And it's okay to tell a student these three beautiful words. I don't know. Now, I know some people will say, you know, they add an, I don't know, but you should say, I will go find out for you. That's really cool because that means you're journeying with them. But be careful with that second part to make it think like every question has a simple answer. Like I said, there are truths that are taught in God's word that we know. 
But sometimes, man, students come with some pretty powerful questions that don't have a simple answer. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to journey with them and say, hey, let's, let's journey through this together. I love that question why, you know, and why you're asking that. But it's okay to say, I don't know, because God's bigger than all of us. And we're, we're pursuing this, this relationship, uh, you know, this growth in this relationship with the God of the universe, and that's a big deal. There's a lot of mystery to that. And it's okay to say, I don't know. That's okay. It shows your humility and shows you're not insecure. Youth ministry myth number eight, bigger is always better. It's not about numbers, guys. Youth ministry, and I think you probably know that, but maybe you need to be told it again. It's not about numbers. Your success is not based on your numbers that you have to report. There are benefits and downfalls for both big and small numbers, right? We are called to adapt to whatever size we have to work with. Remember, every single student is important, and this ministry is worthwhile even if we help just one student, right? And so numbers only matter because numbers represent people and people matter, but you can still say that and still get focused on the numbers or you focus on other ministries or things like, man, they're big. They're, they're doing so much more. Man, that's what good youth ministry is or bad. You know what? There are awesome youth ministries that are small and there are crappy youth ministries that are small and there are crappy youth ministries that are big and there are awesome youth ministries that are large. Size is not the determining factor. It's what we do with what we've been entrusted with. There's a stewardship concept to that, right? Youth ministry myth number nine. I know the student's entire story. Always have the mindset that there is more going on in a student's life than you realize. When we go into it, think we know their whole story, we know everything that's going on, we can come with unhealthy assumptions. And we miss the prodding of the Holy Spirit um, when we think we know more. Remember, people's stories, there's a lot of layers to it. No matter how close you are to a student, there's going to be some, something going on internally or something going on in their story that you're not aware of. I remember one time a few years ago, there was a student who, and it, man, it was a Wednesday night during our youth, youth service, and they were just man, they were a bear that night. They were cutting up during the service. They were being very disrespectful. They were um, just, you know, I, I was, you know, one of those nights that you were just at your wits end with a student, you know, and they were being very disrespectful and being very distracting during the whole service. And this was not like them. They were not typically like that. And I remember I was like so close to just you know, I wanted internally to just go off on him, which I know is not good from the front. So I, I stopped myself and I, I was like, you know what? I should talk to them. I should do, tell them how it is, you know, afterwards. And fortunately, the Holy Spirit kept me in check. But I still was just like, man, that student is driving me up the wall tonight. I find out later. And I didn't find this out till a few days later. That uh, a parent actually told me later they saw in the parking lot right before the student came in. Their parent, that, that student's parents, parent was just screaming at him and just laying into him and was just telling him off. And of course, embarrassing in the parking lot, right? And they had this moment, this altercation right in that parking lot. And so that's what the student was bringing with him. I had no idea. But fortunately, the Holy Spirit kept me in check because I, I was about to do a boneheaded thing. He, the last thing he needed was one more adult yelling at him. He was going through some stuff. And so I, I, I was like, hey, man, love you. You know, and, you know, going, you know, when you go the extra mile and you're like, hey, 
dude, I love you, dude. You're awesome. And you, and internally you're going, oh my gosh, you're taking every bit of grace and patience I have left. But remember, you never know what's going on in a, the, in the entire thing in someone's story. And so trust the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to that and be uh, cautious when you're seeing actions that you think is one thing that might be represented by something else. Lastly, number 10, youth ministry myth. Number 10, it's my responsibility to save students. We cannot save anybody, right? You cannot save anybody. Jesus is the one who saves. And the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms students' hearts and lives. We are simply called to love students and to create space for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. That's our job. That's why we do what we do is to create space for the Holy Spirit to work, for the Holy Spirit to do their thing, to be used by the Holy Spirit uh, as he sees fit, right? And we're called to love, first and foremost, love students and let God do his thing. And that, you know, there's something freeing in that, you know? And, and so I don't know if you are in a church context where you have to report how many kids came to Christ this week. You know, I don't, I, I struggle with that. Anytime we make that a numbers thing, because we go, you know what, are we being good stewards of the students, the opportunities we have and just loving students, creating, being very intentional with creating space for the Holy Spirit to work and to uh, disciple students and let God just do his thing. Well, don't forget to grab the cafe notes for this episode in the show description, or you can get them at youthministrycafe.com. If you have any questions you would like me to discuss or ideas for the show, you can email me at derek at youthministrycafe.com. Well, before I go, may you be the youth worker you were created to be. May you not buy into the myths that our world may try to label you with, but may you simply be you, love students, and create intentional space for God to work in their lives. Until next time, God bless.